back to episode 12 of the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Sarah. And we're the Travelling Two. This episode is going to be a bit of a chaotic episode because <laughs> we had a bit of a chaotic week. It was quite, <laughs> quite a chaotic week. <laughs> so, But we've made it. We've made it to Bali. Yeah. We have finished Australia. Which is crazy. Absolutely mad. We did 11 weeks there. In total, which is, well, 10 weeks travel, one week isolation, but... Oh, yeah. Crazy. Madness. And now we've flown to Bali. And it feels really different. How are you feeling about Bali? It's so different. Like, initial impressions was a bit taken back like it's just so different to australia and to be honest anywhere else that i've been to before mm. um, it was really funny watching your reactions the first day to like everything i was just like, like you've never been to trying to take it all in huh? yeah <laughs> never been to like a um third world country yeah 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 and we're taking a bit of adjusting to it is quite different we've been to seminyaka and kangu so far and uh, they're just so different they're very they're all beach towns mm-hmm. Bali's very hot very pretty very different very different <laughs> what was your initial impression of Bali I think similar kind of similar to what I expected but then I hadn't thought about Bali yet yeah so I was still we like you haven't really considered Bali no so I'm still like adjusting as well but not in the same way mm. my adjustment is more oh this is different <laughs> as in not like, whoa, this is really different, as in... Yeah, you're not as shocked by it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I expected it to be the way it is. Not, I don't think I really knew what to expect. Yeah. But yeah, we're here. We're here. And this episode, we're going to do a bit of a roundup of the last week in Cairns, what went on, and also and just... And like, just a roundup of Australia in general. Yeah. So, should we summarise the crazy week that we had to end our trip in Australia? Yeah. So, as we said, when we recorded the episode last Monday, we were hoping to do a tour of the Daintree Forest. Yeah. And Cape, Cape Tribulation. Tribulation. And we did that. Yeah, so we did an Uncle Brian's tour. was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Very good, like, value for money. Very much was included. We were, like, stood outside of our hotel, Gilligan's, for, like, ages being like, which one is it? Which one is yeah, it? Yeah, because we booked it on sightseeing tours, I think it was called. Yeah. Because we had seen the Uncle Brian's tour on Gilligan's website, but then we went for the sightseeing one because it was, like, $20 cheaper. And it actually turned out to be the same tour. It was really exactly confusing. One. Our tour guide was Aiden. He was very, very... Good, like he, he was lovely. He said so many stories. He like had so many, so yeah, much to say. It, he knew everything about yeah. everywhere that we were going. Yeah, so we um, drove an hour to Port Douglas, which we had already been to last week. But we you just, didn't really stay there. You just sort of stopped for a no. We break. <laughs> just went for toilet break, and they gave us tea and coffee and biscuits, and complimentary of the trip, and then went from Port Douglas on the ferry. It's like forty seconds. Honestly, 40 seconds. and Like, it could... They really just need a bridge, but apparently they won't build a bridge. Yeah, because they're worried about tourists creating traffic jams. And at least the ferry stops the traffic jams from happening. But yeah, we drove through the windy roads through Daintree Forest. And our first place that we stopped at, once we were in, the national park was Cape Tribulation. Yeah, we went to a couple of lookouts as well. It was a bit of a foggy day, so you couldn't really see much. But then, yeah, the main place that we went to was Cape Tribulation Beach. Yeah, and do you remember why it's called Cape Tribulation Beach? Something to do with James Cook? Yep, James Cook again. <laughs> what did he do? He, 
he had all his troubles in Cape Tribulation. And that's when all our troubles started starting too. And that's when our troubles started. <laughs> we will get into that soon. But yeah, apparently he had a shipwreck there or something. Something happened with him. Yeah. Anyway. Then we went for lunch in Cape Tribulation as well. Also all included on the trip. Nice lunch. It was a jackfruit, jackfruit burger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we were supposed to bring our swim suits, but... Sadly, we decided not to bring them because we thought, oh, it's a really rainy day. And then after it was mainly lunch, about the towels. It was bringing our towels. Really, uh, it didn't matter because it poured all day anyway. So we were soaking regardless. But everyone else went to a swimming hole around the back of where we were eating lunch. Even Aidan, the tour guide, went swimming in it. Yeah, um, and there was a swing, and I really wanted to go on the swing. It did look fun. Uh, but yeah, so if you're going on a tour, just take your swim stuff. Just in case. Because <laughs> I was really sad. <laughs> but after this watering hole, they took us to the actual Daintree Forest where we did like a half an hour, 40 minute walk. We saw cassowaries. Yeah, so cassowaries are like a bird that's descended from dinosaurs. And, like, the little babies, they kind of look a little bit like chickens. No, actually, they I'd look... I'd say they look more like flamingos. Yeah, they look <laughs> like, if you've watched Up, they look like the bird from Up. Yeah. I think they do. Yeah, they the look... The like, I would say they're like... The, the babies, I would say, are like flamingos with chicken heads. But anyway, <laughs> we saw cassowaries. And then we saw crocodiles. Yeah, we went on a crocodile tour. This point, it was torrential rain. Torrential rain. But the crocodiles were really cool to see. We saw snakes in the wild on that as well. Yeah, like we were just like cruising down the river and the guy was pointing out snakes to look at and yeah. Freshwater crocodiles. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And then that night was when the real craziness of the week began. <laughs> so. Can you explain the start of it? <laughs> The night that we recorded our last episode, my heart was hurting quite a lot, as in I was getting chest pains, and they were quite sharp that night. Yeah. To the point where... On a scale of 1 to 10, they were at an 8 that night. 8 that night, which was quite high, and I had to just, like, take 10 minutes and just wait for it to go. (laughs) And then the whole day on Tuesday, it had been hurting, like, not quite as severe, but, like, just quite a strong ache. You were aware of it all during the day? Yeah. So then we had been debating the whole time, should I go to hospital or should I not? Like, is is this serious? We decided to go. Yeah, we, so we tried to go to the 24-hour medical clinic in Cairns that was, like, very near where we were staying. I said online they had walk-ins, but turns out they didn't. No, they had. They were just like, no, you can't go here, go to the emergency doctors. So then we walked 10 minutes down the road to the A&E department and asked the woman, like, this is my situation can we come and she was like well it will be a thousand three hundred dollars just to get just a triage yeah just a triage and i was like i cannot afford that what if insurance what if insurance doesn't cover it i felt like my chest was feeling a bit better then so i was like oh i'm fine i'm fine so then i was like okay we'll just go back and try a gp or like another thing yeah so then we called the 24-hour clinic again. Because they were the only one that was open. <laughs> and they said if we registered and booked an appointment for that night, we could get in. Yeah. So. We did that. <laughs> we went back to the hotel, made ourselves dinner real quick. Hostel. Wasn't quite a hotel. A hostel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to the hotels in Bali already. <laughs> made dinner real quick, which I'm really glad we did, because otherwise we would have been starving. We would have not been eating until 3am. <laughs> 
went back to the medical centre, only waited a little bit, and then got seen by the doctor. He said that I just had, like, some muscle pain and that I'd been carrying and too many heavy things, and I was like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Sarah was sure that she had... Like, you had an inkling that there was something that wasn't just... It wasn't normal. Yeah, because he was literally just like, oh... If, if it you probably like touch. put a strain on it. Yeah, something. and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure this is serious. So then I, so then he was like, okay, fine, let's do an ECG, which you get charged for. Um, Separately to the, be in charge of the appointment. Anyway, he found like some stuff on the ECG. Don't really know ST changes. If you know what, if you're a doctor, and you know. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> and he was like, you need to go to the emergency hospital. So then we're like, oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, a few tears to my family back home, but. We got a taxi from the medical centre to A&E. I wasn't allowed inside, so I just waited outside and... Bless Hannah. Sarah... You were sat there for a good... How many hours was it? Four? From ten till two, yeah. Four hours outside, just... Yeah. Waiting. Just just hanging. And I spent yeah. four hours just, inside. Just waiting as waiting. well. <laughs> we could just look... I just, just sat there looking at you through the window. <laughs> they were so slow... Hospitals, wherever you are in the world, A&E is always busy and slow. Yeah, and And I was panicking so much. Yeah, and they weren't very nice to you either, were they? we were soaked because it had been raining, and we decided to wear, well, joggers and... Like, it was freezing, so like we were in joggers and jumpers, but like everything was just wet and you were still cold. Sarah, you were shivering so bad. I'd made Sarah go and get blankets. Yeah, and then... Yeah, the guy at the front desk was not very nice. Like he made my, you cry, didn't he? My chest pain started hurting really badly, so I went up and I was like, "How long? How much longer is this going to be? Like this, I'm worried." And then he was like, "Well, you've refused painkillers. You're not like if you've refused painkillers, then." Uh... And I was like, "Fine, I'll take some." And then, <laughs> and then sat down and had some, and then eventually got called up at like two a.m. or half one, maybe. I think you went in at like half one. Yeah. Yeah. And then got in, they were really struggling to put all the... Like, there were so many wires to put on me. And I was shaking, like, shaking like a leaf. And they were like, are you okay? Remember, there was one point where I was just, like, walking quite slowly. And the woman was like, are you okay? And I was like, sorry, I'm just really stressed. Because five minutes before they called me in, I went to check my insurance. And my insurance said, um, like, something about Medicare or something. And I didn't realise that I had to get it or like if i needed to or anything so i started panicking that i had to pay like thousands and thousands of dollars they apparently did an ecg on me and i think the first one was too blurry because i was shaking too much or they said something about being blurry Mm. and they tried to calm me down a bit more but i don't know anyway i don't even know the results of the ecg if they did gave you some more blankets i don't know they gave me more blankets and then i lay in bed for like they, like, took a blood sample from me, hooked me up to the, like, just a heartbeat machine. And then I was sat in bed for, like... Hours. Hours. <laughs> and then they moved me to, like, a quiet ward. But the thing is, like, I was like, I need to keep my expenses down as much as possible. And if you stay in overnight, it's more expensive. Yeah. So then they didn't know what to do with me. The nurses kept being like, oh, she's the foreign one that needs to not spend money so that we can't move her to the other part of the hospital even though it was like quieter or better or something eventually i was seen by the doctor and they said that my bloods were all clear that she wanted to check my chest and said that was fine 
and she was like, you've suffered from heart inflammation from COVID, you need to take paracetamol and ibuprofen. I was not convinced at all. (laughs) Still still not convinced. Still not convinced. I was just like, surely there's something more that you can do for me apart from paracetamol and ibuprofen. I'm not paying £780 to be told that. £780, seven hours later, to be told that you only need paracetamol and ibuprofen. Yeah, so then I was like, are you 100% sure? (laughs) And she was like, "I'll, I'll get a second opinion. So then she leaves for another half an hour. I don't see her. I'm like dozing off at this point. And then she comes back, she's like, I've checked, you can you can leave now. Like Discharge, I, yeah. I think this is it. And then she like pulled the curtain so that I could like get dressed again. And then I opened the curtain and she was just gone and I was like, I don't know where the exit is. I don't know anything. And just walked off. And Mad, that was it. That's it. <laughs> At five AM. And then Hannah had to call me a cab from the hostel because yeah, I'm... so I had gone back. We didn't say this. Oh, yeah. So when Sarah was in bed, I was still waiting outside, and my phone was dying. And I, like, however useless I was outside already, I was going to be absolutely no help when I couldn't even message you. Mm. So then we were messaging. But I didn't have any... I didn't have the purse or any money at all. Sarah had it all. Mm-hmm. So Sarah was like, go back to the hostel. Like, you can't do anything outside. And, like you need to charge your phone but I couldn't even get a taxi because I didn't have any money with me so the nurse came out with a package for me with Sarah's jacket and the purse and uh, I went back to the hostel at like half past two Mm -hmm. and then when you were trying to get a taxi you didn't have any data left Mm -hmm. so you couldn't get a taxi so then you had I called you a taxi (gasps) and you got back to the hostel at like Five, I think. Yeah, because yeah, we went went to bed at like half past five. Yeah, twenty to six. I was just like, it was wow. mad. Like people were getting up for tours, and we were just <laughs> we were like just going to bed. Yeah, but it was a bit crazy. Yeah, it had been like nine p.m. The was the hospital put with the doctor appointment until mm-hmm. five forty. Yeah, it was a manic evening, and since then the heart has. Still got pain. Still continued. The heart drama still continued. Yeah. Uh, Currently on 14 tablets a day. (laughs) Yeah. Eight paracetamols and six ibuprofen. It's sort of helping. I don't know. Apparently, I, like, just got some info from a doctor from back home and they said it could last three to four weeks. Yeah, so this post-COVID heart inflammation... Is bad. Could, yeah, can continue for quite a while. (laughs) Yeah, but we move. Hopefully you'll get better. I hope so. Don't know. It's kind of stayed like that, though, for, like, the, yeah, the whole time. And was a bit concerned about flying out to Bali. Yeah, there was a massive panic about flying, because if you fly, apparently it's bad for your heart. So then I got stressed and was like, let's go to a pharmacy and get some aspirin, because aspirin. aspirin is supposed to thin your blood so that if you do have heart failure or anything, it's supposed to be better for you. Anyway... Got that checked with a pharmacist, it's all fine. Took some aspirin, felt okay. Spent the whole journey on the flight panicking that I was going to die. <laughs> but you were okay. Uh, you slept <laughs> through it. Yeah. I'm, and now I am afraid of death now. <laughs> I take it back from last week. I do not want to die. No. In this way. <laughs> I'll die skydiving. Okay, that's, that's okay. <laughs> So that was our crazy 
Tuesday night. That was, yeah, crazy Tuesday night. <laughs> we had a chill day Wednesday, slept till the morning. <laughs> slept till like midnight, just walked around. Midday. Like midday. <laughs> um, walked around Cairns. Like we were supposed to do a tour of the Great Barrier Reef that day, which was quite disappointing that we couldn't do. But it was okay. Well. It would have been similar to the Sundays anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw Doctor Strange instead. Mm-hmm. Went to the cinema. That was nice. Went to the cinema and saw Doctor Strange. And then the next day was our final day in Australia before flying out to Bali. And... What better thing to do then? Do a bungee jump. <laughs> why not? <laughs> of course I didn't do it, by the Sarah way. <laughs> did not do it. Even though you kind of wanted to. I really wanted to, but... But that would have not been good for the heart, because no. my heart was pounding. <laughs> It was terrifying, yeah, but well worth it. It looks so scary. It, like, so scary. More scary than skydiving, for sure, even though it was only 50 metres compared to, like, 15,000 feet. But you're, you're literally tied by a towel, and then you're falling headfirst over a lagoon. Mm-hmm. Like, it's terrifying, but it was brilliant, and I'm so happy I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to come back just to do a Just to do jump. a bungee jump, yeah. But... But it also did look like... Like, it looked scary. It was like, scary. I would do a skydive And you're quite, like... In a heartbeat, whereas I don't think I would do... Like, you, can't, you, have, you have, like, no control over anything. Mm. Whereas, like, in a skydive, so I feel like you're more able to control yourself. Like, bungee, like, you're literally attached by your feet. Like, what, what are you meant to do? Yeah. And then, yeah, our flight to Bali was that evening. Mm-hmm. So, the process to fly from Australia to Bali was not too bad we expected it to be like a bit of a hassle and it was in terms of we had to get a lot of documents all together and like do a lot of like we had to get a doctor's appointment on the monday to get like a certificate that said we had recovered from covid so we didn't need to do a pcr before leaving but then that you have that certificate but then as soon as you arrive in bali you have to do a pcr test anyway yeah because you're if you haven't done one prior to coming, then they make you do one when you arrive. So then really it makes no difference. Yeah. Jetstar is the airline that we took, Australian airline. Both sides were, like, really nice. The Australians were chill. All you had to show was COVID vaccines, your... Exemption. You had to have three nights booked in Bali yeah, already. Yeah, three nights booked. You had to have an on- onward flight. Ticket. Yeah. You booked. had to have medical insurance that they asked for. Yeah, you had to have medical insurance up to... Uh, something dollars a mid ten thousand dollars maybe yes twenty thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars i think the idea of traveling with covid is like quite daunting and like people are put off by the amount of stuff that you have to do Mm -hmm. and like there is stuff that you have to have done but like if you meet all the requirements it's very very smooth it was very smooth both ends yeah the australian one you showed them all the stuff easy and then when we got to Bali, they were also, like, incredibly nice and incredibly smooth. That yeah, because we arrived... These are on arrival. Yeah, we arrived at, like, 2 a.m. And as we soon went, as you get there, you have to just do the... Visa. Visa on arrival. And then we did PCR. Mm-hmm. And then immigration, and that's literally it. Yeah, so easy. I thought the airport was going to take, like, three hours, didn't yeah, we? And then true. we were going to get a taxi from the airport to the hotel and we were going to get to the hotel at like 3am we thought actually we were at the hotel 
by like two or something, I think. Yeah, it wasn't like not earlier. Like I think we were out like landed and was out the airport within an hour. Like it didn't take long and that's including our PCRs and like we were one of the last ones because most people didn't have to do that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like if you're worried about travelling during COVID, just make sure you have all your documents and you're fine. It's fine. Oh, and then we were like stressed about Oh being positive, yeah. Being positive on the PCR. That was our main concern to be honest, because it could have been likely. Yeah, it definitely could have been possible because it's meant to be like that it can last in your system for 90 days. And, and that's the whole been... point of getting the exemption before flying is that you don't have to PCR because there's a possibility that you could test positive. And if we ha- we didn't, so we luckily woke up the next morning to two emails which were both negative, thankfully. But like if we had been, I don't think they would have accepted the exemption. Otherwise, what's the point in us doing the PCR? Yeah, and in which case, we would have had to isolate for five days, mm-hmm. which would have been really annoying. Yeah, but thankfully, it was all fine, all smooth. Really smooth. We literally clapped and like cheered and when we got the PCR so results. so happy when we got the PCR results the next morning. We're like, we made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're free. It's also really reassuring for like flying onwards mm-hmm. that when we do need to do PCRs now, that things crossed will be negative yeah exactly but yeah i think there's a lot of travelers who are coming down with it because when we were in the lobby in our uh, yeah in our hostel in gilligan's there other were, people that were flying to bali actually yeah there was chatter of some girls who had, had just, just tested, tested positive on a pcr the i got the impression that they flight. had been like sitting down there where we were sitting mm. and they had just like received their email that said positive and then had had to like go and isolate somewhere yeah so Stressful. Definitely is happening, girl. Yeah. Okay, so to round up Australia, we have some questions that some of our friends asked us. And just to summarise the whole of our experience. So our first question is... What is the the most beautiful place that we've been to, in your humble opinion? This is a really, really hard question because there's been so many beautiful places. Mm. I feel like possibly... Tea Tree Bay when we were in Noosa was one of my most like I just thought it was gorgeous like it felt like paradise there was so many super pretty. so many people surfing and like the waves that day looked incredible like so nice. blue sky lovely sand it was gorgeous yeah such clear water as well so I think I'd probably say Tea Tree Bay Noosa nice the place that comes to mind for me is the view from the top of Mount Oberon at Wilson's Prom mm-hmm. National Park. So this was when we were back near, uh, near driving from like, Melbourne to Sydney. Yeah, I think the view from the top of that, which looked over, what was that? Looking Squeaky over. Beach. Really I would say that. Wilson's Prom is gorgeous, like that whole area. Highly, highly recommend. Highly yeah. recommend. Okay, next question. If you could only visit one place again, what would it be? I feel like that was kind of similar to the... Well, actually, I take... To like two viewpoints. So I would visit Wilson's Prom for people that hadn't been there again because amazing. I'd also want to visit Byron Bay again because we didn't do Byron Bay properly mm-hmm. and I'd really want to see it for like what it has to offer. Because mm-hmm. um, people say they love Byron Bay and that like, it's got a really fun like vibe and I'd quite like to do like a surf camp yeah. there and see what that was like and see if I could become a better surfer by yeah. having like back-to-back lessons for like multiple days yeah i agree i 100 percent think that i would probably go back to wilson's prom more so than noosa like even though noosa was beautiful we did everything that we wanted to do in noosa yeah we spent a while there wilson's prom we didn't we only spent two days there and it's a massive 
national park. Yeah, I feel like there is more. There were so many tracks that we could have done and hikes. They're like hikes that you can do for like a whole day and go to these really remote bays. So I'd love to do that. Like we did a pinky promise that we'd bring our families back yeah. to Wilson's we'll Prom. We'll joint family trip back. <laughs> yeah, when we all have our own, when we have our own kids and our own families. That's what we're going to do in like 20 we're, years time. Yeah, we're coming back to Wilson's Prom. <laughs> It'll be so much fun. But yeah, what was the other thing that you said? Byron Bay. Byron Bay, 100%. Like, the whole way from Sydney to Byron Bay, I would probably... Yamba and... Was that before Byron Bay? That was before Byron Bay. They're all supposed to be really nice little surf towns, but when we were there, it was yeah. just pouring. It was just and, pouring. So I would love to do that and properly surf as well. Did you have any differences between expectation and reality of... Australia. Australia? I expected it to be, like, surfer dudes and, like, very chill and relaxed. Mm. I didn't really have any expectations for particular cities or particular areas. I just don't think I thought of it that much. I was just like, oh, Australia, cool. That's it. Reality, I'd say it's just such a chill country. Yeah. And, like, gorgeous. I'd say... I don't want to make this sound, like, it wasn't as gorgeous as maybe I thought it might be, but that was just because of the weather. Sometimes we had rain. Yeah. I just expected it to be pure sun the whole entire yeah, time. Yeah, which it was Or, like, I was hoping for it to be pure sun the whole time, which it wasn't, but... But probably out of the 11 weeks, maybe in total we had, like, a week of rain. I think more than that. You think more? I think more? we had about two weeks of rain out of 11 weeks. Maybe. Which also is, like, not even that bad, but because you're camping and whatever, yeah. it feels like a lot. So When it was like back-to-back days, it felt like a lot. Yeah. But yeah, that's probably the only big difference. And also, didn't think about all the wildlife that we saw. I think that, I don't think I expected that at all. I think I knew there was kangaroos. Didn't realise that there was like the amount of kangaroos just like strolling around as there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and just the wildlife in general. Yeah, yeah, definitely the wildlife I think was very different to what I expected. So I don't think I came with that many expectations. Like, I didn't know what... Like, I thought it'd be sunny, which it definitely poured, like, more than I was expecting. Mm. And the way it poured was way more torrential... Yeah. ...than I thought it was going to. I was not expecting the floods that we had in, like, Byron. They were difficult. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to love camping that much. Yeah, because we had only planned to do Sydney to, like, Melbourne to Sydney, and then... We were going to do hostels and buses. And I think before coming, like, I really thought that we would do that, and that we, like, would maybe like camping, but maybe the hostels and the Greyhound would just be easier, be better, mm-hmm. and actually... Because this is more the traditional backpacker yeah, way of doing it. but actually we love camping, and uh, I think it was a much better way of doing it. And you got to see way more, and especially with, like, say, the floods and stuff, it was a much more, like, sort of free way of doing it, being able to get to places that we wanted to get to when we wanted to get to them, rather mm. than be stuck on a bus timetable. Yeah, agreed. Talking about camping, what is your biggest takeaway from camping? My biggest takeaway from camping? One thing I'd say, let's be, like, a top tip for camping, be make sure you turn off all the lights before you get in the van and get rid of all the bugs <laughs> before being inside and shut for the night. Top tip number one. 
also make sure you have your windows open at night. You need to breathe. To make sure you get some air, otherwise it gets a bit stuffy and a bit stinky. Oh, make sure you air it out as much as possible when you can. Like, during the mornings, during the evenings, air the van out. Put all your damp stuff outside because it stinks Expect quickly. to have damp things. Yeah, a lot everything is damp all the time. And... Uh, Enjoy sitting under the stars and enjoy the slow mornings at dawn. Like, in, really enjoy those moments whilst camping because they're, they're the, the best, best. moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Agreed. Got anything to add to the biggest takeaways? Um, I think, like, people look at our van and think, oh, it's so tiny. How um, have you been uh, in there for 11 weeks? Did you live in there? Your home is the van, but also the outside world. Like, we spent the majority of the time just out. Yeah. We just got our chairs and sat outside of the van and... Because, like, you only really sleep in the van and drive it. Yeah. I think also a big takeaway that I just got from camping was I love driving so much. (laughs) Yeah, love driving and also just love being outdoors. Yeah. It's just such an incredible experience. Yeah. And I would love to do it again. Like, I really want to do, like, a road trip of the UK. Like I just want a road trip everywhere. Like, I think road road trip is... Road trip is amazing. Road trip is the way to do travel. Yeah, (laughs) 100%. What is your biggest tip for travelling with a friend? Communication. Communication. (laughs) Everyone keeps asking us, how on earth have you and Hannah been fine and, like, For, like, over 11 weeks. Because, like, a lot of the time it's just been us two. Like, we've met people at hostels, been out a bit, but, like, the majority of the time it's just us two. Yeah. And, like... It works because we are really good at just telling each other how we feel yeah. in each moment. Like, if someone's feeling upset or sad, I think we can sense it straight away. Yeah, we can sense it between <laughs> each other. And it's just, like, knowing when to give someone space, knowing when to, like, try and get them to chat and talk about it, knowing how to navigate... Each other. Each other. Yeah. Yeah, just communicate. That's yeah. basically it. I, I would say, like, oh, actually, this is one of my expectations. I expected us to have at least, like, one massive blowout or, like... There's what... still time! <laughs> <laughs> I expect us to at least have, like, one argument where... Or, like, at what, at least one point where I was like, oh... I can't cope I can't with you cope. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that hasn't happened. Good. I know, I'm very impressed. It's been 11 weeks. I know. Yeah. And we're doing all right. <laughs> Maybe similar then. What would be your biggest tiff from travel so far? Biggest tiff from travel? Um, still your map reading. Map reading is the biggest one. I think that's one thing. We're not going to have this tiff again, though, because... There's no... There's well, no... I mean, we have Google Maps to get around places, which I already got lost on on Bali. Yeah. But I think it was more when you were driving that I... Really got to you. Really got to me mm. when you couldn't map read when we were driving. <laughs> Did you have any separate ones from the week you've just gone? From this week? Yeah, that, like, you like, you know, I don't want you to build them up and not share them. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think... Okay. Uh, this is going back to the previous question. Biggest tip is, I think the reason we've been quite good as well is because we have our tiffs that do we have think, to do, do on the podcast. Because I think if we didn't have it, we'd be harbouring grudges or at least, like, not telling each other when we got annoyed or something like that. And I think it's helpful to say... Yeah. This has annoyed me. And then the person's just... It might not make them change, but at least they're aware of, like, what they're doing. Yeah. I think it's when someone's not aware that their actions could be annoying someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's quite funny. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest tip from this week. Uh, it's going to relate back to last week, the sand situation. The sand. Yesterday we were at the beach in Bali and I assumed Hannah had kept uh, towels in the mag because you're going to the beach, you need towels. For some reason Hannah had decided to take them out of the mag. I knew, we, I knew already that we were going to get a sunbed when we got there so we weren't going to be lying on the sand on the towels. So then if we were having sunbeds, my theory was, oh, we're sitting on the beds, we're not sitting on the towels, so the towels are just going to be for drying, but you don't need to dry because you're on a bed and it's hot. No, so I disagree. the towels weren't in the bag. I disagree. This was the wrong idea, because <laughs> apparently you need a towel to brush sand off. Yes, and this is a coming back to the sand thing. You do not know how to deal with sand. I still don't know how to deal with sand. You're you needed bad. the towel to get the sand off. Whereas I just sat in the sand. Anyway. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> What's your tip for me? My biggest tip for from Australia, yeah. From Australia in general <laughs> is it's probably your multitasking. My multitasking? I thought it was going to be my memory loss and. You're losing things. Yeah. No, you got better with that. Okay. Or you got better at not asking me, or I got better at not listening to that. <laughs> No, either way, that's kind of improved. Yeah. And you tend to now go, okay, before we stress, let's check it. <laughs> I know now not to stress. Or just, like, if you ask me, like, where things are, normally without, I now just don't answer and you tend to find it. Mm-hmm. It's true. So I've learned how to, like let me say, biggest tip, communicate. Navigate them. Yeah. Just navigate the person. And with Sarah, she needs to just talk it through herself. <laughs> So I would say, no, it's probably more the the multitasking and the, the flitting as it comes under the multitasking, mm-hmm. which also, I think, has got less. Has it? Maybe. Mm. Still happens. But that's also navigating the person, knowing to, if Sarah's doing something, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff from the week is when we go shopping, Sarah spends forever deciding on whether she should buy something or not buy something. <laughs> this is so funny because it's the thing that annoys my mum the most as well. Like, you're pretty certain that you like it. Like, you, you like you like it, you've tried it on, and then it's like, should I get it, should I not? I think the reason I wrote that down was actually you were buying flip-flops, potentially buying flip-flops, and you were, like, barely certain that you wanted them. And no, we but were just it's waiting hard. for ages it's to try hard. and decide. In the end, I was like, okay, you're not having them, I'll leave it. <laughs> In my defence, I wasn't buying it for myself. Yeah. I was buying it for someone else. And then you were like to me, would she like them? How do I know? <laughs> you're a different person to me. You have an opinion on whether you like it I or liked not. them, but I didn't know if she would like them. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> have you felt homesick at all? Oh. Not really. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. <laughs> having a great time. <laughs> I don't think we're ready to go home. No. No, have you? Nope, none at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I thought you'd feel more homesick than me because I, I, th- I haven't lived at home properly mm. for, because after uni I moved straight to Bristol. I yeah. like, went home for a couple of weeks, but it was more... A stopover. Yeah, home. and I've been living at home for like six months before coming. And yeah, I think the, it was more likely for me to feel homesick compared to you. Mm-hmm. But actually, been 
time. Yeah. I think it's only moments in des- of desperation that you want your parents and you want your mum. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel a bit homesick when you're in hospital? Yeah. I was like, I need a hug. Yeah. Mum. <laughs> tell me everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, final question to wrap up Australia. What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself whilst travelling Australia? Very woohoo. And the biggest thing you've learned about the other person? I feel like the biggest takeaway I've got... Well, more like a thing that I've... It's a new thing that I've learned. Like, I, I've learned other stuff. I've learned that I am more sensitive than I think. More sensitive than you thought? Yeah. Mm. I am adventurous and that I am a like go do it person Mm. the biggest thing that I've learned is that I really enjoy like doing this podcast and doing creative things I think that's something like I I've never really thought about before traveling and it's probably just because I've never thought about it before starting this podcast which we've only done when we've been traveling so like we both did maths at uni like you expect to be the kind of person who's like I always just said I'm not a creative person. I can't do anything in yeah. that realm. And then now we're like doing the podcast and editing and like you really enjoy editing. I really it? really enjoy it. And I think it's more as well. I think I didn't expect to like when you're traveling it's kind of like holiday, but I always want to be doing something productive and want to be doing something creative and I've really enjoyed having a podcast because then we have something to do. Yeah. And I think that's just not something that I expected. What about the biggest thing you've learned about me then? Oh, um, biggest thing I've learned about you is that you're more flexible than I thought you would be. I I thought that like traveling together, you would have all these plans and have all these ideas, which I thought was good. But I was worried that it would like just make us too set and not be spontaneous enough. Yeah, but actually, you're not. At all. Not very sad. (laughs) No. (laughs) You just go with the flow, which is what I want. So, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing of it. Yeah. I had lots of ideas of Australia before coming, I think, because I had so much time to find things. Yeah. (laughs) Find things out about it. The biggest thing I've learned about myself, then, whilst travelling Australia, would be that I'm just capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. And just able to drive around for 11 weeks, go wherever we want. Would you ever do it alone? No. <laughs> so capable, but not capable without me. <laughs> not capable without you. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> no. I wouldn't do it alone. Would you? No, probably not. No. I feel like I... No, I think, I think I definitely I wouldn't could. want to camp in a van on my own. I could, but I'd be constantly losing things. I wouldn't be fully capable. You wouldn't know where the car key was. No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't know where half your things were. I knew where everything was around the van. It would force me to know where things are, though. Yeah, maybe. So I think it would be good for me. (laughs) And the biggest thing I've learnt about you... Oh, yeah. I've got to finish this off. Is that... I know you are sensitive, but you are very sensitive. And that you have a lot more morbid dark thoughts than I ever knew you did <laughs> and the thoughts I feel like I feel like before travel I knew a lot about your thoughts yeah but not like everything I always thought you know there's always more yeah now I feel like there isn't any more and I know everything 
<laughs> and uh, there's so much death. I think that's what I've learned probably the most <laughs> is that there's you think about death so so much. How can you not? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. My point proven. Every day there's ways More that you could ways die. that you could die. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I I think, think my, my brain does just jump to jump the worst to death, possible yeah, conclusions always. about everything. Mm. Uh, I'll still do things, but I'll still have the thoughts as well. Of maybe dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like we need a rapid fire, three words to describe Australia to finish off. Together, a joint three words. Good day. Good day. Heard that a lot, a lot, a lot. So much. I would just say blue. Blue. Because to blue me... Blue sea. Like, all... Blue a sky. lot of my pictures are just blue, blue, blue ocean, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. Agreed. Final word. I say variety. Yeah. You agree? Agreed. There's, like... There's just so many different things, like, from waterfalls, rainforests, beaches, like, cities, going out. Um, yeah, it's a lot. There's just loads of different different thing different wildlife like it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah they're so expensive <laughs> okay and a final word would be expensive yeah blown more than half the budget just in australia so yeah things are a lot there but it's all good we're in bali now we're in bali now any to finish this off any final expectations of bali. or what are you most excited about for what's to come over the next couple of months i'm excited for learning about the different cultures because Australia very similar culture to the UK mm. still a western country like very similar things like they have supermarkets like we have supermarkets they have like everything is similar mm. you know just Australia instead of English whereas like in these countries like everything is different so I'm excited to just learn about what people believe like how they go about their lives and all this kind of stuff yeah what about you? I'm quite excited to visit a temple. Mm, exactly. And temple. see see what they're like and just to like experience it. And I say the one thing as well that I like I can think about doing because we kind of spoke about it a bit be seeing elephants in Thailand. And mm, yeah. I'm quite excited to see elephants in Thailand as well. <laughs> so we'll be in your ears again next week when you're here. What about our first week in Bali? Mm-hmm. If you want to keep up to date with all our travel you can follow our podcast on spotify yeah just subscribe to that and leave us a five star review if you want to <laughs> keep up to date with what we're doing day to day on our stories on instagram I'm at the traveling to podcast and uh, feel free to drop us an email at the traveling to pod at gmail.com yeah we'll be back in ears again next week on hopefully thursday hopefully thursday <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>